Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Pennsylvania Prisons and Parole Podcast. I'm Ryan Tarkowski, joined by executive producer Kurt Bope. April is Autism Awareness Month, and according to the National Autism Association, autism now affects 1 in 44 children, and that rate has been growing steadily over the past 20 years. Today, we'll check in with Stephen Salawada, manager of a specialized unit at SEI Albion that was designed to meet the unique needs of this growing population. So we're here today to talk about the Neurodevelopmental Residential Treatment Unit, or NRTU for short. Stephen, can you tell me what is the NRTU? Uh, It was a unit developed uh, to focus on treating individuals with autism and intellectual disabilities, uh, as well as any other neurodevelopmental uh, diagnosis. But primarily, so far, we've focused on autism and intellectual disabilities. And this is a new unit, right? Uh, When did it open? It opened, the process began back in October of 2021. We initially started with a full block of custody level four general population inmates. So the process was kind of slow, getting those guys out into the general population here at Albion, and then beginning to make modifications we needed to make to the unit. Uh, And slowly we, we took a few guys in that were here already, that met criteria, and we just slowly built the the unit from there. It's been quite the process. So take me back to the beginning. Why was a unit like this necessary? We started to see, uh, you know, individuals with autism come into the Department of Corrections, uh, as well as guys with intellectual disabilities. Uh, This is a vulnerable population, so... Uh, it was needed so we could safely house these guys and uh, give them proper treatment and get them ready to go back out to the community. And what's your background? Do you have any uh, background in this area that makes you a good fit to be a unit manager? Uh, yes, I was a PSS, a psychological services specialist uh, at SCI Mercer uh, to begin my career. Uh, I have a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. Uh, and I had my license, my li- uh, licensed professional counselor. So um, I felt that I was a good fit, and they did as well. And I promoted the unit manager in September of 2020. And I started off in GP. And then when this started you know, to become a reality, like this is going to happen, I was moved down here to JUnit to get the program going. And why is this uh, program important to you? Uh, You could be doing all kinds of different work in the community, probably getting paid a little bit more. Uh, Why do you come to work in a prison every day? Well, because, you know, I I really honestly believe that if we treat people well, um, they can get better and they can make our community a better place. You know, I, I really believe that and I always have and that's how I've carried myself in the Department of Corrections since I started. So talk to me a little bit about the unit itself and what makes it special. What is different? Uh, what do you do differently to meet the needs of this, like you said, vulnerable population? Uh, we have modifications in place. Um, you know, one thing that we have are sensory cells. Uh, these are pretty neat because we, we basically took a cell and took everything out of it, painted it blue, put some fluorescent light covers in there, uh, a nice comfy beanbag chair, 
And what we do is we allow guys to go in there when they're upset to prevent an incident from happening. And also to kind of teach that. I mean, for me, whenever I get upset, I go in my bedroom and I play guitar. You know, it's it, that's my coping skill. That's what I do, you know, when, when I'm upset. So it's kind of taken that that theory and applying it in prison so people can learn that yeah when you're upset it's okay to be upset we all we all get frustrated sometimes uh it's learning how to manage that that you really start to see the success and so we have guys they get upset they can go in there we let them take up to two items with them and uh they can stay in there for up to 45 minutes and and what, what they see is nothing bad happened you know, yeah, I was upset. I, I wanted to do something, but I didn't. And now I'm calm back down and wow, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and, and learning that skill is really important for when people get back out into the community that I can, I can go in there and I can go listen to some tunes. I can color, I can write, I can play guitar, wh whatever it may be. We have guys that go in there and do yoga to calm down. And once they start seeing the success with that, they apply it to their lives. So that's been pretty successful. Uh, we also have a low number of inmates on the unit, and this is to reduce stimulation and also be able to provide better care for the, the guys that do live here. Uh, and we can individualize care as needed. Um, you know, another thing that we have that's unique is we have Medline right on the unit. Uh, and this is to ensure proper medication adherence, which is very positive for these guys. And it, and it limits them having to go out into the general population in a rainstorm to get their medication. Have you found that some of these things that you're talking about, like the lower population, the special place where they can go if they're feeling overstimulated and the increased adherence to medication, has that uh, yielded any positive results yet that you can see as far as maybe misconducts or any other issues on the block from when they were in general population on a typical unit versus on your NRTU, NRTU unit? I think the biggest success with all of it is a lot of these guys that normally may have been recluse in a general population setting, they're very active. Uh, they're out, they're part of the community. Uh, they may, mostly everybody has a job on the unit. Uh, I really think that that's the biggest success that, that we can see. Um, you know, we do have some, some problematic cases and they require more intensive treatment and care. But even at that, the fact that the, everyone's a part of the community, that's the biggest success with the low numbers in the unit. Um, I, I mean, I know from, from working that normally without something like this, uh, these guys would pretty much, you know, be recluse out there. So I know that me, everybody kind of has, I'm sorry, when everybody has different uh, support systems on the outside versus, uh, you know, when they, when they come to prison, do you work with their outside support systems at all? Family, friends, anybody that might be able to provide a, a kind of tertiary level of support? Yeah. Occasionally um, if we get a release of information signed uh, and that's, 
clinically appropriate, we will reach out to people that have worked with some of these guys in the community or their family members. And that's just, you know, to gain insight because, you know, I, I always like to take the stance that I'm not an expert and if wherever I can learn and grow from, I, I will seek that out. So there have been times that we have done that. Yes. We're talking with Steven Salawada. He's the unit manager of the Department of Corrections Neurodevelopmental Residential Treatment Unit at SCI Albion. Steven, what was the biggest unexpected challenge that you had when you were creating this unit? This is a tough one. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the whole experience has, has been a challenge, mainly because, you know, we're, we're going into an uncharted territory. Uh, we're writing new policies. Uh, we're meeting a wide range of individuals and in, in making a therapeutic environment in the prison. It's all been very challenging. Uh, Did you look to other state DOCs? Did you Was there a blueprint for this, or was this something that you and your team kind of built from the ground up? So we were starting to build from the ground up, and then I was sitting in my office one day, and I said, well, we can't be the only people doing this, you know? So... I did some research and I actually found that in Michigan, they have an adaptive skills treatment unit and, you know, for the same population. And so I got a hold of them and started talking with them and we made a connection and we actually went out and visited their units and um, talked to them and, and kind of, we built a connection. Uh, first, we had a teams meeting with them and, you know, got the basis. And then we actually went out there and um, saw what they had to offer and used some of the um, things we learned there here. Uh, the other agency that's been a tremendous help for us is uh, the Office of Developmental Programs. They've been really, really great to us with coming out and educating us on the population um, suggesting things that we could do better and, and just training all the staff, the officers, the counselors, and even the psychs, because I mean, maybe, you know, though we went to school, you can always learn and continue to grow. So ODP has been great. Uh, we also have talked with uh, the Barber National Institute. Uh, they came out and kind of did an analysis of things we could do better and um, adaptations we could make. So we've had a ton of support, and that's been the greatest thing. And then us being open to all the support and suggestions uh, has really been a blessing. Now, how many inmates do you have on your unit? And they're not, we call the autism unit kind of shorthand, but it's not all autism, correct? Correct. We hover around 45 for our population. And that does include some certified peer specialists and some peer aides. So the, the population that is on your unit, they come from throughout the DOC. How do they get referred to come to you? Uh, so the, what the referring institutions, LPM will reach out to our LPM and uh, we'll schedule a teleconference and they'll talk about the, uh, the guy they're referring and then we review everything we can review, and then we get back to them, letting them know if, we'll, if we're going to accept that person. 
Do you think the NRTU at Albion can be scaled or, or implemented in other facilities throughout the state? I do think that it could. Uh, I mean, as of right now, though, as far as the way the numbers look, I don't know if, if there would be a need for another NRTU. So that's something we'd have to just see over time. Tell me a little bit about your staff that works with you. I know you kind of had that unique background that made you a good fit for the NRTU at SEI Albion. Tell me about your staff and, and the folks that work on the unit with you. I can't say enough good things about the people that work on this unit, mainly just people being open to learn, uh, especially the officers. You see guys that just, they're just so willing to learn and do good work uh, that it's just so impressive to me. And then also just everyone, our counselor, uh, she has experience working with juveniles uh, prior to coming here with some of the similar issues that, that we have on the block. And then our uh, psych, Miss Ransom, she is just the kindest <laughs> person I think I've ever met. <laughs> And uh, she's just so kind and, and gentle with these guys, and she develops good programs. She always does her research. She'll do trainings on her own, you know, outside of us just to keep learning about the population. And uh, that's led to the development of some groups uh, that we have on the unit. So, I mean, everybody works hard. Everybody's willing to learn. And that's just the greatest gift. I could have as a unit manager. It really makes my job enjoyable. And even the incarcerated men on the unit are kind of putting in the work, so to speak, right? These You mentioned certified peer specialists. What kind of specialized programming do they have access to? Uh, they, they have their supervision that they go to. Um, but the CPS is the, the greatest thing about these guys. Uh, they're very patient. Uh, and understanding and they're they know where they're working and they know what they're doing and they're just so patient with the population that uh, it's a blessing to have them on the block if you guys look back and you're talking at a dinner party and somebody asks you what your uh, most memorable moment or a really good success story what would you want to tell people i mean to to be honest with you you know, it goes back to the staff, just seeing everybody come together to get this done. Uh, we've wrote new policies for the unit. Uh, we're doing things a little different. Uh, and that was just from everybody coming together and working towards a common goal of making this happen. Uh, that's, to me, the, the, the most memorable part of this is working as a as a team with everybody to get it done because you know without everybody working in one direction there's there's no way we could have pulled this off like this so to me that's the most memorable and humbling part of this experience have you had to overcome any challenges to make this vision a reality i i mean i have to be honest with you it's we've had such great support from our administration um and, and everybody at the institution that it's it's just been humbling like i said i i can't even describe it how how much support we've had to do this you mentioned you're a couple of years into it now what's next for the nrtu what would you like to see in two years five years down the road 
to just never get complacent, to always continue to learn, you know, because research develops in the community, new treatment programs come out. So to, to continue to stay on top of all of that and never get complacent with what we have, uh, that's my goal for the future and going forward. Uh, I would definitely like to continue to work with outside agencies on re-entry, um, make re-entry very smooth for these guys. Uh, that is another big goal of mine. So re-entry is always the number one goal we talk about uh, throughout the corrections. It's kind of that common thread that we have preparing the 90 plus percent of the inmates that are going to at one time return to their communities. Is there anything special that you guys do that's re-entry focused for the men on the NRTU? Uh, the social workers really put a lot of time in with the guys that we do have right now. Uh, we just had someone go home and, you know, with no home plan. And the social workers worked tirelessly and actually found an incredible uh, setting for this person to go to. And and that's that's just another part of the, you know, one team, one mission ideal Uh when the social workers get one of our cases, they work so hard to make sure that they, they have a home plan and um, a healthy environment to go to. Stephen, so a lot of the unit manager, the NRTU at SCI Albion, is there anything about your unit that I didn't ask you about that you really want people to know about? Just that everybody's working hard to, to make a good place here uh, from the top down. You know, it's just, I mean, I'm going to say it again. It's been a humbling experience um, to be a part of this and to see this come to life. And, you know, just for people out in the community or people out in other jails uh, to know that how hard everyone's working. That's, that's just what I want people to know. Before I let you go, I do want to backtrack a little bit. You talked about the uh, blue light covers and the sensory room that the guys can go to. Is there anything about anything else about the physical layout of the unit that supports your mission? Uh, we just have access to certain things like sensory um, toys and stress balls and, and things of that nature. Uh, in all of our staff offices, we have the light covers, uh, and that's just to help with I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I can't stand fluorescent lights myself. Um, they're very distracting. So we have those in the offices to make a comfortable environment. Uh, we have our own private group room. We have our own yard. That's another thing that we do have. I did not mention that. Um, so that's another part of our layout that we have. Uh, How so quickly can... do you notice the difference between... I guess maybe you're not seeing the guys when they're on their previous housing unit, but how quickly do the guys adjust when they come? Do you notice a change right away um, from those physical differences uh, from a typical unit? Yes, and, and also we do something different when we get new guys. We developed a concept called the transitional cell, uh, and it's a cell that um, there's not much going on in it, and we have different protocols for when guys are in those cells. Um, they get increased attention, increased care, and um, the, uh, we can adapt their schedule. Uh, so if they need to slowly integrate to the unit, we have that capability. 
So that is another concept we have, and that actually has worked pretty well because a guy will come in, they're pretty timid, they don't know what to expect. Um, we're very slow getting them into the community as needed. And um, and then they're, they meet people and find that, hey, this is a pretty safe place. And then they're, they're out there and they're doing what they need to do and meeting the guys on the unit and getting involved in programs and activities. And uh, that's worked pretty well. And when executive producer Kurt and I visited your unit last year, we noticed a lot of the uh, unique artwork on the walls. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah so we like to have different types of artwork, uh, scenic stuff and educational stuff. And also, I mean, I, I let anybody paint, you know, um, I mean, to me, it's therapeutic. It, so if someone says they want to paint, I let them paint and, uh, the guys really like it. They're always proud of their work. And, uh, that's been a cool part of the unit as well. Stephen Salawada and the team at SEI Albion working to meet the needs of a very special, very vulnerable population in the neurodevelopmental residential treatment unit. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, guys. Thanks again to unit manager Stephen Salawada and the rest of the staff on the NRTU. You can see inside the unit by checking out videos on our social media channels at Corrections PA on Facebook and Twitter. For executive producer Kurt Bope, I'm Ryan Tarkowski. Thank you for listening to the Pennsylvania Prisons and Parole Podcast. Mm-hmm.